Today we've asked Shagoon to come and give a word for us today. He has a word for us. I'm excited for it. We love you, Shagoon. You're a man of God. You're a man of humility. You're a man of authority. Amen. So I just bless you, Shagoon. God bless you, man. You want up here? Thank you. Amen. Yeah, I want to bless the name of the Lord for this opportunity. I like I always say, I don't take it lightly. You know, God always has a word for someone. So, and I believe uh, that person might not be here today. You might be online watching from home. Uh, but I believe this is a word uh, for somebody out there. So, we need to trust and focus on God wherever we are. And as I was preparing for this message, you know, just gave me a vision, not really a vision, just something about a designer. You see, a designer, when he designs something, I'm talking about like, maybe like clothes or like a suit. When a designer designs something, he understands what he's going to do. So there's a concept that he has what he wants to produce in his mind. So he draws it out, then he measures the person he's going to sew it for, right? He gets the fabric, measures it out, then he sews it to fit. So he's the designer. He knows what he wants. I want to tell you this morning that God, <laughs> he has your destiny in his hands. He's already ordained you to be something. He knows what he wants you to be. And he's right there with you every step of the way. Amen. So what we need to do is just focus. We need to trust him. Because he's able to bless you wherever you are. It doesn't matter if it's the beginning or the middle or the end is a God of blessing because it's a good God. So today, let me talk about uh, is a story that we know very well, story of Joseph. Uh, I'm not talking about Joseph, the father of Jesus, <laughs> the earthly father. I'm not talking about uh, Joseph was Arimathea that took uh, uh, Jesus' body and buried it. But you know the Joseph I'm talking about, right? We all read this as babies, as, you know, when we were growing up. Joseph the dreamer. Joseph and his coat of many colors. You see, God gave me this word, and I've read his story growing up several times, over a hundred times. But he told me that, come, pay particular attention to some things, to details. Because God is in the details, there are some things that we just take for granted. Oh, this happened, this happened, and, you know, we just swing by. Even in our lives, it, it reflects it. There are some times that we, we just rush. We're always rushing. Oh, I want to get to work by this time. I want to get to school at this time. I want to get to church at this time. You see, we're always rushing. And we never pay attention to our surroundings. God wants us to just slow down. Just slow down and pay attention to details. So um, 
we're going to be looking at Genesis 37. And I encourage you, you know, to read over the story of Joseph. Again, I just have to spare time. There are so many things I'm going to skip, but I'll just go straight and pinpoint some things. Joseph the dreamer. You see, God's purpose for Joseph's life was revealed in two dreams. Genesis 37, and you can read that story 5 through 11. So basically what is happening is that God gave him two dreams. The first one is that his brothers, they he saw something in his dream, like bundle of grains of his brothers. And they were bound, bound down to his own bundle. That was the first dream. Okay, the second dream was that he saw the sun, the moon, and 11 stars bow before him. So he was like, what does that mean? Of course, everybody knows what it means. He's going to be a great person. And people are going to, you know, subject themselves to him. But what did Joseph do? He didn't keep it to himself. He was broadcasting the dream. He told it to his dad. He told it to his brothers. And we have been told that the dad loves him so much. But the brothers hated him so much as well. So two extremes. Why did they love him so much? And why did they hate him so much? Let me just give you the story real quick. So he got in trouble because of the dreams, and he was sold into slavery by his brothers. When he got to Egypt, he was falsely accused by his master's wife and was thrown in prison. When he was in prison, he kind of, uh, two of the prisoners who happened to work for uh, the Pharaoh, they had dreams. So he interpreted their dreams. And both dreams came true. So he was expecting that, oh, when you get out, remind me to Pharaoh, because I'm here unfairly. But the guy just forgot about him. And he did not remember until Pharaoh himself had a dream from God. And this was all about, you know, famine coming and prepare for it and all that. So eventually, he rose from prison. He went to see Pharaoh, and Pharaoh made him second man in Egypt. That's the story, bottom line. But there are some things I want you to know. Okay, he was loved by his dad. Why did his dad love him so much? Of course, every dad loves their kids. But Jacob (laughs) had a special love for him, and he didn't hide it. He never hid it. You know why? He bought him things that he couldn't give others. He gave him some pleasures that others didn't have any, you know, opportunity to have. Okay, what will a 17-year-old boy be doing with a coat of many colors? When your brothers are out there rearing sheep, you know, shepherding the flock, And this wasn't just any, you know, coat of colors. I normally refer to that as a Versace suit. 
Yeah, he yells, for some reason, he yells rings. And this is a guy. I mean, you, you could tell. The Bible didn't really tell us that, but you can just from inference that the way he grew up, he had brothers ahead of him. So his dad was kind of a little bit lenient with him. He's always telling him to go check on his brothers. So, I mean, why can't you walk with your brothers? Why are you the one checking on your brothers? That makes you the foreman, right? That makes you a little bit above them. So they hated that because, number one, their dad is showing that he loves this guy more than the others. And not only that, now he's telling them, oh, go check on them. Go see what's going on. So he loved him for so many reasons, but let's just highlight a few. If you look at Genesis 37 through to, uh, 2 to 3, it said at 17, he tended his father's flock, working for his brothers and reporting things that they did to their father. So Jacob loved him more than any of his children because he was a child of his old age. He made him a special coat of many colors. So you can see right there, he was dad's pet. A pet and daddy's eyes too. So he was snitching on his brothers. I mean, every father would like that. Go check on your brothers. Let me see what, how they're doing, how they're faring, and stuff like that. Now, his brothers hated him. Why did they hate him so much? It's very obvious. They hated him so much because their dad, their dad the love that the dad's supposed to spread around is just concentrating on one person. And he's not hiding it. Apart from that, he had all these dreams he was always talking about. And these were crazy dreams. Oh, so you mean I, your elder brother, we bow down to you? Who do you think you are? You know, if you come from the culture I come from, you respect your elders. So if you have a dream, you just keep it to yourself because that dream will get you in trouble. But he, the Bible told us that it wasn't just the dream, but the way he said it. You know, he was sure that something was going to happen, and they hated him for that. So the other reason why Jacob loved him so much was because of his mom, Rachel. So let's go back a little bit to Rachel. If you remember, Jacob, when he tricked his brother to get his blessing, he had to go to his uncle Laban. So he moved from Canaan to Haran. And what the mom said was that, oh, I don't want you to marry any of these people. That wasn't, that wasn't the old thing. He was running away because he was afraid of his brother. That was why he ran. So on getting to Haran, when he got to the well, he met some people, you know, some shepherds trying to uh, water their uh, flock. They were there to drink water. And he was asking, oh, do you know Laban? Oh, yeah, we know him. In fact, one of his girls will soon be here because they all wait for each other. Then they roll the stone and they, you know, water the flock. 
So the moment he set his eyes on her, there was something. Something clicked. And the Bible tells us that, oh, he embraced her, he kissed her, he helped her do, you know, whatever chores she needed to do. And she took him home to their dad. Oh, father, see who I, I, I saw today. And from there, things grew. And within a month, you know, he had this kind of love for Rachel. Don't ask me. Bible times, you know, you can marry your cousin, your extended. I mean. <laughs> so, this dude, Laban called him one day. Remember, he started doing all these chores right from the very first day. He got there. Laban called him, come, you're a family member, and I don't just want to be using you if you knew Laban. Okay, so tell me your wages. You've been working for me for like a month. So, I mean, let's do something here so that you can continue working for me. I want to pay you. I don't just want to use you like a family member. Like, the next thing that came to his head, uh, he threw it out to him. What, would you, what wages do you want? I'm like, oh, just give me, I'll serve you for seven years if you let me marry Rachel. <laughs> just like that. He didn't think, he, didn't even, he just blotted it out. Let me do this. Okay, I agreed. I'll be honored because there's nobody more that I, I would rather give her to than you, my bloodline. So, and the Bible said seven years just passed by like what? A few days. So you can know this dude was really in love. Okay. So when the time came for him to marry Rachel, Laban tricked him. After the wedding night, the next morning, he woke up. Instead of him to see Rachel, he saw Leah, the elder sister. Whoa, what is going on? And the Bible tells us that the very first day he set his eyes on Rachel, he saw the difference. Rachel had a very beautiful figure. She had a beautiful face. And she had sparkles in her eyes, which Leah did not. So now waking up your very first day as a married man, and you are seeing the wrong girl. He was mad. Why would you do this to me? Why would you? And I was like, oh, I forgot. I didn't tell you. After seven years, right? The firstborn has to get married first. There's no way you can, I mean, marry the younger sister off before the firstborn. So, you know what that means? Keep on with your honeymoon for one week. I'm going to give you Leah. I'm going to give you Rachel. So, I'm sorry. The next week. Then you served me for another seven years. So 14 years, just like that. He didn't care, he was in love. Now the problem started. Because he loved Rachel more than Leah, they were not able to have any babies. In fact, God sealed Rachel's womb. And because Leah was unloved, God opened her womb. And she started popping out babies. Just like that. Within a very short time, four babies. Uh, Reuben, Simeon, uh, Levi, Judah. Just like that. So when Rachel saw that, hey, this is what is going on. What are we going to do about this? 
can't I have my own baby? Then she adopted uh, this, there's a Hebrew custom called to be a child on your knee. It's a custom. If you remember the story of uh, Abraham and Sarah, they did the same thing with Agar, bearing uh, Ishmael for Abraham. It was the same thing. So I was like, okay, why don't you just have my maid servant so that she will give birth to the baby and the baby will be mine. So he did that and he gave a uh, male servant, uh, Bilal, and she bore him two sons, Dan and Naphtali. Then Leah saw that and did the same thing. She gave her own male servant too, Zilpah, and she bore two sons, Gad and Asher. Then again, Leah had two more boys, Issachar and Zebulun. And yet, she had another daughter, Dinah. The Bible doesn't really talk much about that. But I just want you to realize, look at the time difference. Okay, this is the love of your life, right? And she wasn't able to have a child. And the other lady is just popping out babies. Popping out babies. So eventually, God answered Rachel's prayer. Now imagine the joy. Just look at it from that aspect. Oh, finally, I'm going to have like a piece of her, you know, like a son. So she gave birth to Joseph. So as the time Joseph was born, Jacob had 11 sons and one daughter between four different women. Within 13 years, he was a busy man. Yet, the 12th child, it wasn't the first child, not the second, the 12th was his favorite. Because of the love he had for Rachel, the love transpired to Joseph. So you see why he loved Joseph now? Benjamin hasn't come yet. That was later. So, and if you look at uh, when he was going after serving Laban for 20 years, and he was going back to Canaan, he knew he got in trouble with Esau, so he was trying to make up for that. He divided his family into two, right? And he started sending gifts in cascades, just like the waves. And he instructed them, whenever you, especially when he heard that Esau was coming to meet them with 400 men, so he wasn't sure, oh, this guy is preparing for war or not. And he was like, okay, let's do it this way. If I divide my family into two and send one part, I mean, if he can kill those, the other part will escape, right? That was what he was thinking. Then he was like, okay, the other part has remaining. How about I just divide them into three? So look at what he did. You can uh, see this. Let me see if I can get that verse for you. Uh, Genesis 32, actually 33, somewhere there. So Jacob, he went ahead of his family to meet Esau. Then he put his two uh, male servant wives and their kids in front. You see that? Then Leah and her kids behind, and Rachel and Joseph at the back. You see that protection? So if anything's going to happen, oh, they're going to kill those people first, 
And these people, he loved Joseph and Rachel with all his life. So now, let's go back to Joseph. His brothers hated him. And the Bible tells us that God is always with Joseph. So he went out on that day to give them food and snitch. He got there and they saw him coming. Oh, here comes a dreamer. Let's get rid of him. And I want to tell somebody right here, right now, for the mere fact, not really, but for the fact that God is with you, doesn't mean you don't have haters. People we always hate. There will always be problems. There will always be somebody that doesn't like you. It's, not, it's just like that. That's just life. And when they saw him, they came up with a plan. Let's kill him. So I'm like, but God is with him. Why is he getting killed? But God has a purpose. You see, destiny is not competition. The destination might be a competition, but destiny is not competition. God already ordained, he already crafted out his life. He knew at what time what was going to happen, at what time this was going to happen, and that. And Joseph knew this too, but it wasn't really, you know, it was still superficial, kind of, because he was very young, 17. Not until they wanted to kill him. And the first thing that came to me was right there that when they, when they got him, they took off his clothes and they threw him in a well. But it was a dry well. So why was it a dry well? Because God was watching out for him. If they had thrown him in the real well with water, he would have drowned. But God made it in such a way that, okay, just throw him in a well. Dry well. And Reuben, actually, you know, when they did that, Reuben was going to go back and get him out. But before he came back, uh, the Bible tells us that there were some Midianites that were going to Egypt. And while going to Egypt, the boys were about to have their lunch. They looked up and they just, oh, instead of killing this guy, and this is Judah, we don't want blood on our hands. Why don't, why don't we just, you know, trade him off, you know, sell him to these people? Okay, so... I was reading that, and do you know that these Midianites were just traders? They weren't slave traders. I've read that story several times, and for some reason, I, just, I used to assume that they were slave traders. They were not. They were merchants. And all they had was, they had camels, they had spices, and balsam, and ointments, and you know, they were just trading. So why would... You know, God do that. And the reason is really clear. God was clearly with him. He didn't want him to suffer. 
if if they were original uh, uh, slave traders, you know what? <laughs> they would have beaten him up. Maybe he would be dead before he got to Egypt. But no, this was just merchants. So they, the brothers sold him off for like uh, 20 pieces of silver just to get rid of him. They thought they were getting rid of him. But what were they really doing? They were sending him into his destiny. They were pushing him into his destiny. So I'll tell you something today. There are some situations that you see as bad. But that situation has to happen yeah. for you to get to your destiny. Amen. So it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Just be thankful that God is with you. Yeah. They thought they were getting rid of him. But they were actually the travel agency <laughs> yeah. buying a one-way ticket to his destiny. Details. When he got to Egypt, he was sold off to the captain of the palace guard for uh, Pharaoh named Potiphar. And Potiphar saw the favor of God on Joseph. And the Bible tells us that every single thing he did, he did with excellence. You know why? I think he had some kind of <laughs> epiphany or whatever when, when things changed for him. This is a guy that used to just walk to see his brothers, you know, probably just uh, admiring the butterfly and seeing the grass on his way. Oh, life is good and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, he got blindsided. Just like that. He wasn't expecting it. He wasn't expecting he wasn't, he wasn't going to sleep in his bed that night. It was a shock. It was a rude shock to him. This is a guy that wears Versace suits, right? Now he's wearing slave clothes. This is a guy that used to eat, you know, good food and all that. But look at him now. He's a slave. He had freedom. He could do whatever he wanted to do. But now is in bondage. But it was a plan. I'll tell you that. God always has a plan. Amen. When he got to Potiphar, the Bible said God was with him. He gave him favor. He gave him uncommon wisdom. And he made him successful in everything he did to be excellent. And this guy saw this. Wow. Every single thing this guy touches is good. Yeah. He promoted him right away. And things started happening. His flock, his crops, everything started, you know, just going up. Whoa, I'm going to hold on to you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now imagine. Just, just imagine the other slaves. Okay, there's a Hebrew guy coming from somewhere, and he just rose from the lowest slave to the supervisor within a very short time. Wouldn't they be jealous? But God was with him. You see, God can bless you as little as you are before you get to your destination. Yeah. It doesn't matter. All you have to do is just stay in line. God will bless you from the start. He can bless you in the middle. He can bless you at the end. It doesn't matter. 
stay on track. All right. Potiphar's wife. He saw what was going on. Ooh, this dude. And you know, the Bible told us that Joseph was a handsome man. Fine guy and young. This lady saw her. I'm sure she took after Rachel because, you know, from her mother's, mother's side. And she wanted to sleep with him. But Joseph focused. He knew that God was with him. And he was like, how can I do such a thing? Potiphar put me this high. And the only thing he withheld from me was his wife. I can't do this. Yeah. It's a sin in the face of God. I'm not going to do it. And you can imagine this went for a while. Because I, I know. When some people want something, they go for it. And you, I can just imagine Joseph, you know, trying to, you know, escape from time to time. Oh, where she is, she's over there. He's, he runs to the other side of the house and stuff like that. Just trying to avoid this. But the time came that, you know, she cornered him. And yet, Joseph was faithful to his God. It didn't cost him anything to fall. Honestly, who we know except God. God has a plan. It will bless you. It will bless your efforts wherever you are. It doesn't matter. You might be small today. It's going to start blessing you gradually, gradually before you become a CEO. And you will know it too. Amen. All right. Now she, she lied because it was just the, she, she was angry. How can I come on slave? Just run away from me like that. You know, you, you are refusing my advances. You are a slave, dude. I get what I want. He was like, no, he's not going to do that. And while they were struggling, you know, the shirt came off and he ran off. Now she got evidence to lie. And she falsely accused Joseph when Potiphar came. See, the useless uh, Hebrew slave that he brought. See what he tried to do. The Bible said Potiphar was really mad. And he threw him in jail. Okay, I want you to look at the jail. The Bible said it wasn't an ordinary jail. It was the jail of the palace. So Joseph went from <laughs> not drowning in a well to not being traded by real slave traders to get into a house where he found favor and he rose from the bottom slave to the top slave. Now the wife of the house brought him down. And guess what? They threw him in jail. But the jail wasn't ordinary jail. It was elite jail. The palace jail. So that means it's for like special people, not just any kind of jail. You see God's hand on his life? You see, there are good, there's going to be some times that we run into problems. And things happen, you know, either because we caused it or because something has caused it or it's just a matter of time. But our God is a good God. 
we always turn things around for good of those that love him because we are called to purpose. Okay, Joseph was in jail and the spirit of excellence was still on him. Everywhere he went, they saw it. So the warning raised him to be a supervisor in jail. Look at that. But, you know, humans, we always be humans. Because I was thinking, okay, look at this dude. Now you're in jail. What were you thinking? But the Bible tells us that while he was in jail, he was caring for the jailers. You know, he sees them, he sees a worried look on their face, he asks them questions and stuff like that. You see, that's the kind of person Joseph was. And that led him to his destiny. So every single step is a step of destiny that was already defined by God to happen. Okay, so the next thing, uh, the cockbearer, uh, the cockbearer and the, and the baker, we know the story. Eventually, the cupbearer, he had a dream. He told his, his dream that in three days, you know, you go back to being your old self. So Pharaoh released him. But he demanded one thing. Please, remind me to Pharaoh when you get there that this is not my fault. I'm not supposed to be here. And the dude was like, oh, yeah, 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 don't worry. I'll do that. And the Bible said he forgot. So I was taken aback. I'm like, okay, if I was Joseph, what would I be thinking? Oh, dude, yes, I'm going to get out next, in the next couple hours. Okay, I'm just waiting for Pharaoh to confirm that, that I'll be released, and this and that. Uh, one hour turned to two hours, and three hours, a day, two days, a month, two months, a year, two years. What was he thinking? And after two years, Pharaoh's dream came. And there was nobody in the land that could tell what the dream was. Then the cup bearer remembered, oh, I know a guy. Then they got him from jail. And he interpreted that dream. And that dream brought him from a common slave to number two man. Now, this is my question. When we rush so much, oh, I want this done, I want that done. Okay, what if the baker, or the cup bearer, when he got released that same day, he went to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh tells him, oh, yeah, yeah, he's released. What will have happened to Joseph? Just imagine. He was a slave going into, into jail. So coming out of jail doesn't guarantee he's a free man. He's still a slave. So he's going to go back to the same household. He's still going to go meet Potiphar's wife. And life just continues. But that's not the God we serve. So the two years was on, on purpose. Because Pharaoh, has, he hasn't had that dream yet. So it wasn't until the appointed time when the dream came and there was nobody that could, you know, tell what it was that Joseph was remembered. So when God does things in miraculous ways, don't be wondering 
You know, as humans, we're like, oh, I want it to happen now. I want this now. I want that now. But it's not happening. So what are you, you going to do? But at the appointed time, it will come. So what's, what, what are you thinking? What's on your mind? Is there anything that you're thinking right now that's supposed to happen and it's not happening? It's because there is no time yet. Yeah. When the time comes, I'll tell you something. God is never late. No. He's never late. You're looking at your clock. Whose clock are you supposed to be? Are you looking at yours or his clock? <laughs> yeah. He is never late. He's always on time. And when the right time came, Joseph was elevated. I'll tell you this day, if you're going through anything, no matter how difficult it is, God will always bless you. Yeah. He will bless you because he's a good God. Right. And every, you know what I've realized is that every single blockage that the enemy puts in front of you is a stepping stone to greater heights. And the bigger the stone the higher you're going. Joseph, I don't have time to keep going. But let's end it here. And I'm going to say something to you. I want you to remember that God is never in a hurry. He's never in a hurry because he has everything intact. God is never late either. God's timing is always perfect. And God loves you the way you are, but he loves you much more than just where you are. So he wants to bless you before you get to your destination. Does that make sense? So you're looking this high, oh, I need to get there. I need to... No, don't worry about it. It's going to bless you every single step, every single step till you get there. Because he wants the glory. He wants you to know that he's God. Yeah. So, let's just round up. Let's stand on our feet. So, we're going to go into prayer and we're going to ask God to help us stay focused. Because Joseph had to enter a new season. Everything was smooth until he was sold into slavery. Then he realized he was alone. There was nothing he could do. But he had to depend on God. So God was with him. And we're going to ask God, God always be present in my life. <laughs> Come and be the center of my life. Come, Come and be the center of my life because I need you. Do not leave me behind. Do not pull me away from your presence. Hmm. Then we're going to ask for spirit of excellence. Just like Joseph. God gave him favor. And when God is in your life, 
you are in his will. So goodness, mercy, grace, promises, joy. I mean, just <laughs> knowledge, understanding, wisdom, just keep counting. It's right there with you. You just need to focus. All we need is just focus. So let's just go into prayer. Father, we ask you, <laughs> spirit of excellence. Father, give us that spirit of excellence, just like Joseph. Let us be able to stand firm in you, even when we are going through stuff. <laughs> no matter how hard it is, no matter how the trials of our lives, we know you can bless us. We are not asking to be blessed at the end of the trial, but you can bless us before the trial, during the trial, and after the trial. So, Heavenly Father, we ask, oh Lord, all we ask for is your presence, Lord. Go with us. As we are going through the valley of the shadow of death, we know we are, you are with us. You are Jehovah Shammah, and you are always present. Father, help me to believe, even though when I'm going through stuff, that you are with me. Yes. Father, anytime we stray away, pull us back. Let your spirit pull us back. Father, most importantly, we ask for your anointing. <laughs> anointing just to stay and be still through the storms of life and know that you are there. You are our Lord and you have control over things, all things. You are the sovereign God. Yes. Father, help our unbelief. Even though there are situations where we know, oh, why is this going like this? Why is this going like this? Joseph never cursed God. He never blamed God. He never seek for revenge. Father, help us be like that. Help us to be able to just let things go. Anybody that offends us, Father, let us just forgive them. Let just let it go. Vengeance is, is the Lord's. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that give us that spirit. A renewing spirit. Let's renew our mind to be able to do your will. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Very good. Good word. Good reminder. I know we all probably took something specific out of that, and what I'm taking out of it is just relax, enjoy the journey, stop grading the paper before it's finished that when i'm doing a job and someone comes up and they're like yeah I don't. like dude when i'm done you can come critique it all you want but wait till i'm done all right i kind of get a little attitude about it the lord's not done so just enjoy the process just obey him just relax okay yeah, thank you. Well, we just bless you. If you need prayer, we want you to come to the front. We want to pray over you. We want to bless you, though. Father, I bless everyone here, with, like what Shugan said, with an excellent spirit. 
with an excellent spirit, with a, with a settled, calm, quieted spirit, that we trust you, we trust the process, that we don't get ahead of ourselves, that we don't, grade, don't look at other people's papers to grade our paper, we just run our race. And God, I just ask that you would, uh, your presence would be with everyone as they go this week. I ask that you would give them encounters. I bless them with encounters this week. And we love you. We bless you all. Thank you for being here. And we'll pray for you at the front if you want it. Amen. Be blessed. <laughs>